You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Welcome all you gidgets and gadgets. It's the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast and I am your host Pimpcron from Bell of Lost Souls and this is the podcast where we try to aim to ignite the flame of hobby in all of you and we hope that we cater to fluff and casual gamers rather than the super competitive things that a lot of the other podcasts cater to. So what on earth are we talking tonight? What, what are we talking about tonight? Uh, we have a, and of course, no particular order, as always, you know the deal. We have a Tesseract mailbox with me and Mr. Just James, and we have a letter from a guy named Nate, and he is talking about some of the battle honors that he has done for his models, which is awesome, because I love to hear those. It's always nice to hear a nice, uh, extraordinary story about things that could have happened, or could not have happened, or shouldn't have happened, or something like that, in your games of Warhammer. We have a real talk with the Pimpcron, with me and Loremaster Alex, talking about basing models, all the different techniques we possibly could think of and have ever heard of for basing your models. Some of them may surprise you. Some of them are pretty standard. We cover all, everything. And we have a, well, here's an idea with me and Just James. And he brought up an idea. He goes, hey, Chaos and the Imperium have a lot of differences, and a lot of them don't make any sense. Because Chaos, obviously, is from the Imperium, and we get into that whole thing. But he's got a, a couple of interesting points that I never thought of. We also have a Want That or Want That Not with the new Chaos models, and the new Chaos Space Marine models, specifically. And that is also with Just James. And finally, we have a Get Brutal with the Pimpcron where we discuss the Swamps of Sadness in the supplement book number two, The Psychotropics. And we are going to be finishing up the Swamps of Sadness tonight. So, in my personal life, I've been very, very, very busy with Shorehammer prep, getting the website all finished and revamped. We've got a brand new website starting today, which is Sunday, the 31st of March. And we have, actually, ticket sales go on the day that you'll be hearing this podcast, if you listen to it the very first day which is April 1st, and that is not a prank or a joke. That is real. The tickets are on sale, and they're 50% off on the first day, and they go up from that over time. But we have a lot of new things planned for Shorehammer this year, and I'm very, very excited. So we had a narrative big battle last year. We had, I think it was 20 people, and um, 10 on each side, and we had a real blast with that. That's going to be an ongoing narrative thing that we do every year, and every year is going to feed into the next year, which is pretty cool. But we had such good response on that. When we did the survey after Shorehammer, which we do every year, we send it out to attendees, they all said that they really liked the idea of the narrative battles and they would like to do more narrative battles, which is pretty cool to me because I, as you probably know by now if you're listening to this podcast, I am definitely a narrative guy versus a competitive guy. And I think it's really cool that hopefully we're striking a chord with our attendees and hopefully we're going to be able to feed into this. Um, we have a legendary game master and he's won awards for this sort of thing. His name's Delmar Stover and he's doing a whole series of narrative battles at Shorehammer this year called the Corvus Cluster. And uh, they're all different missions, but um, they're pretty cool. He's got audio visual aids and all kinds of stuff. 
So I'm very excited about this. And um, I'm really actually excited to learn from a master of game design, um, game mastering. And um, anyway, uh, that is really what has been consuming all of my time. I'm still working and playtesting on the secret Pimpron the simps the secret pimp cron project and that is um what i've already told you about this you know the um uh well you know i really haven't told you everything and i'm just going to keep tight lip for the time being because i have a really really neat cool new system for narrative battles and i was playing it with my friend josh the other day and it's a way to help balance things if you're losing the game you get certain perks and it's all narrative based it's very cool so I think I'm 30 pages into that book. It's pretty, uh, it's, it's, it's getting there. It's getting thicker. And, uh, I think that's about it. So let's get this show on the road as they say in the, the business. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. What's up y'all? We're down here in the uh, the mid mid Atlantic region. Me and the uh, the Just James over here. What's up, y'all? And we got a letter. We got a letter from a Nate. His name's Nate, and uh, he's discussing the uh, the uh, what's them called the Battle Honors. Go ahead and read it, Just James. Uh, should I do it in a funny voice? No, no, <laughs> it's, it's too much work. It's just too much work. Uh, is this an appropriate use of the Pimpcon email? Screw it, since we're talking battle honors. <laughs> My top four. First two from 7th edition. Lone Vet Sergeant, armed with only a last pistol and chainsword, kills one orc biker and knob biker from Overwatch in his attacks. Okay. That's actually pretty impressive. Because when you're talking 7th edition, the veteran sergeants only got two attacks, and the chainsword did not give him an extra attack. Chainswords basically were nothing. Weren't they the AP6 or something? Um, yeah, they were either that or nothing or at nothing. all. nothing, yeah, they did nothing. So he's only getting two attacks. He's base, you said base two attacks? Base two. So he's getting an extra attack for having a last pistol and, and chainsword. Oh. So he, he has three, three attacks. attacks. You're right, I forgot that. Yeah. Um, so he's only got a last pistol for Overwatch. He rolls the six to hit, and then the five up to wound the biker. Now, bikers back in seventh edition were only one wound, except the knob biker did have two wounds. Hmm. So, uh, a six up to hit with his one shot, a five up to wound, and then the guy had to fail the four up save. That's impressive on Overwatch. Yeah. Then, then in close combat, the veteran sergeant would have three attacks, hitting on fours, wounding on fives, and he'd have to wound at least twice with the guy failing at least two. That's that's pretty badass for a veteran sergeant, really. Yeah. Uh, what's the next one? A rando command squad sniper beat down a swooping hawk exarch with his sniper rifle after being blinded. Okay, I don't play Eldar. You're going to have to explain this to me. I believe blinded was just minus one to hit. Oh, is that when they dropped down? Like when they, they uh, deep struck? They got uh, blind, uh, blind grenades that they can throw. Or, oh no, swooping hawk exarch, I think, believe, probably had the sun's ta talon. Um, what? Or was, no, hold on. Something Eldar made him blind. And that was 7th edition, so we can't even look it up easily right now. But, um, so he was blinded, and what's the stats of a Swooping Hawk Exarch? Um, he's 
toughness three. I I think there were two wounds and a four up save. Is the Exarch like their sergeant? Pretty much. Or is yes. he an HQ? He's a sergeant. Okay. I always think Exarchs are, are HQs. I don't know why. I don't know why either. Okay. So um so this command squad sniper, so he's getting one attack and he's getting one shot. Beat down a swooping hawk Exarch with his sniper rifle after being blinded. That's pretty impressive too, being that he's getting only one attack and the Exarch's got two wounds, three up save. Uh, n- uh, I think the Exarch might have had a three up save, and then the other guys had a four up. Hmm. I, it's been a while, so I don't know. I don't remember. All right, moving on. These two are from eighth edition. Uh, a lone guard commander died fighting a Raven guard captain after holding him at bay for two rounds of fighting. Guard commander also reduced said captain to one wound. <laughs> Once again, that that's pretty awesome. Uh, because the Raven Guard captain probably has three up save. I mean, he could have a Terminator armor, I guess, but um, three up save and two rounds of combat with your what five? A guard commander's probably four up, five up. Raven Guard. No, no, the, the, the com- commander. The Imperial um, guard commander. I'm not too familiar with guard. Uh, I, I, it's probably a four up. Yeah, I think so. Um, and what two, three wounds, something like three wounds, probably. Yeah, probably. Might be four. But anyway, that's that's pretty impressive. So he, he slapped the helmet a bit on that captain. <laughs> or or maybe if he was helmetless, he just slapped him in the face a bit. Yeah, beat him with the broad side of his chainsword, maybe. Yeah. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, a tank commander wrecked two Tau hammerheads. One broadside team, a crisis team, a commander farsight, and one game. He earned himself an actual name after that one. Now that is really impressive. Two ha- two hammerheads he killed, and a broadside team, which is what up to three people. A broadside team. Um, broadside yeah, only one. it's, it's you could take one, but it comes up to three. Okay, so he potentially three broadsides because he said team, so at least two. Yeah, a crisis team and far sight. That is pretty impressive. Um, I wonder I, what kind of uh, gun, what kind of uh, output equipment. War gear for the tank he was using. I'm willing to bet it probably wasn't a Punisher because he'd have a hard time with his hammerheads and the broadside team. Broadside's tough six or something? Toughness five. Two oh, up save. Just five? Oh, I thought they were higher than that. Um, all, Once again, I don't play that army, so you do. You're my resident Tau and Eldar uh, <laughs> uh, professional. So, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it would be the Punisher. Because he would have a real hard time with the hammerheads. A tough seven, I'm assuming. Uh, hammerheads, y- yes, I think, yeah, yeah. So he would he would have a. It's still pretty impressive though. So I really like when one unit in the game just outperforms everyone. I usually try to in a game if one particular unit did really well, I try to single out like who the MVP was, you know. And we've done that before. You and I both go, oh well, this unit was definitely my best unit that performed. Um, so he got to earn his name. That's nice. Yeah, and I hope his name was Fishfuck. <laughs> Fishfuck. <laughs> Do you think he did anything with the corpses when he was done? Is that what you're getting at? I, he was just fucking some fish. <laughs> Fucked them all up. You know, I'm not a big fan of Tau at all. So, not the player base, not the models. Actually, the models are alright. But I don't like the, don't like the army. Drone spam. Yeah, no, I don't like that. 
I play Tal wrong, so. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, thank you for writing in, Nate. I really appreciate it. That was at pimpcron at gmail.com, and you can also write to us at facebook.com slash pimpcron. And that's it for today, Mr. James. All right. Want that or want that not? You know what time it is. I know what time it is. What time is it, just James? Uh, it's like two twenty nine p.m. Motherfucker, you know what time it is. It's want that or want that not. Oh shit! <laughs> so we were gonna talk about uh, what were we gonna talk about, just James? We were gonna talk about those new Chaos Space Marine guys. Okay. Well, uh, what what are your thoughts on them? It's, I think they look cool. Um, I do too. Uh, you know. It's funny because when you start looking at the old models of Chaos Space Marines, you realize just how plain they were. Yeah, they're pretty plain. Yeah, they were like, oh, I'm a regular vanilla Marine and I've got a horn on my helmet. Yeah, <laughs> like, I got a little <laughs> indentation, you know, ring around my shoulder pad. Yay. So these, um, are these one piece? Are these single piece? No, I'm pretty sure. They're... I mean, monopose, I mean. Uh, I don't know. As way things are going with uh, GW these days, they're probably just one one pose. I hope they aren't, because they've got some really nice dynamic poses to them, and it would be really nice to swap things out. You know, like make that heavy bolter guy, um, you know, running, or, or whatever. Just swap them out in different ways. That would be pretty cool. Uh, might be a uh, bearer of bad news, but I think that's not the case. <sighs> Why? Why, James? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, we've talked about this before. When they do monopose models, they can do a, give a lot more life to them. They're not so generic. Yeah. But on the other hand, then it hurts the creativity of people because it's like, oh, well, I really can't because this arm is part of the torso. And if I cut that off, it's going to be a huge gaping hole. And, you know, it's... Yeah, and if you want to take a squad of 20 of them, then... Oh, they're all, they're the, all same. the same. Yeah, that's nice. Um... So, but although it does say different weapon choices, it says gear up with your choice of weapons and war gear. So, what does that mean exactly? They could still be in the same pose, just hold a different weapon. Oh, well, that's boring. All in all, though, I mean, these are cool. They do have the older looking uh, marine armor, which I do like. Those, um, I mean, right now, uh, the, uh, what are they called? What are the jump troop space marines called? Assault Squad? Assault Squad, thank you. All I can think of is Raptors, because we're talking chaos. Yeah. Um, but they have those Assault Squad-style straps X across their chest. Yeah. Which I think, wasn't that one of the older marks of uh, Space Marine armor? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it was. And that's pretty cool, because obviously their armor's supposed to be really old, from the heresy, blah, blah, blah. And um, uh, all in all, I think these are really good. But you made a good point, is um, what do they look a lot like? They look a lot like the Chosen models from the Dark Vengeance set. Dark Vengeance came out 6th, 7th? 6th. 6th yeah. edition. So um, I think you're completely right. These, um, the Dark Vengeance Chosen models look almost identical to these in style and everything to the point where those Chosen models now look like, if, if we're going to consider this the new cast Space Marine base model, I don't see how the Chosen look any different from this. Not, no, they don't really look any different. Um with the uh, the trim around the shoulder pads and around the boots and all that, they're quite similar. Mm -hmm. um, these guys should have came out when those the uh, Dark Vengeance set came out. Like, not at the same time, maybe like a week later or something like that. 
new chaos marines boom but now here they are yeah and um and overall i really like the look of them they have a lot of really neat backpacks like the old style backpacks that stick up i don't know what they're called but those marker backpacks um you know the, the chaosy backpacks yeah and um uh all in all do you want this i want it i actually do want that too if I played regular cast Space Marines. But what I don't want is to paint it. <laughs> so, did you ever paint your um your Chosen? Um, I painted some of it, and then I passed it off to you. I th- no, no. Oh, I no, I didn't know. paint those. Or, you didn't paint those. No, I did silver and green. Did you? Yeah. I don't remember. I don't think I, don't think I got you to paint those for me. I cannot remember. I Actually, I might have painted them. Because, well, my dress, the, um... Drasnik guy, who mm-hmm. is now just nothing, um... <laughs> I painted him. No, you didn't, because he's still not silver. Well, these look a lot like them. I really like the look of them. It's an updated version of what we're already used to, which, of course, you wouldn't want them to have a completely different look than what you're used to. I'm kind of hoping they are not monopose, but I understand if they are because GW's gone that way a lot lately. Um, and it's definitely a want that for me. Uh, it's it's 110% a want that if it's not monopose. It's like a 90% want that if it is monopose. I mean, it's still cool looking, but I just hate having the same model posed, you know? Yeah. So that's a want that and a want that from the Pimpcron and Just James. Now, here's an idea. Sup, fool? It's time for, well, here's an idea on the Pimp Cron. Can you dig it, sucker? <laughs> that was just James, in case you didn't notice. That was not my wife. So, uh, he, he's my... I'm, I'm trying to think of some joke. Hold on. Don't. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, well, you you had another idea, just James, and uh, these are these are this is precious mental gold. So please tell me what your idea was. Uh, my idea was to get more vehicles, specifically transports for cast space marines. What you talking about? They got rhinos and land raiders, and that's about it. But they also have all those flying transports. You mean the one Hell Drake? That's not even a transport. Can't he like pick people up or something? You'd think so, but that's not true. <laughs> It would well, actually be funny if you could carry the Demon Prince. Yeah, like a baby. Or a Hellbrute. It's like his baby dragon. So, yeah, you know what, though? That actually would be pretty cool. Because, you know, the Thunder Stormhawk, Storm Raven. Storm Raven. Talon Dog. Storm Raven. What is it? Storm Raven. Storm Raven can carry a hell, uh, uh, Dreadnought, so yeah. why couldn't he and carry also, a Hellbrute? Also, 12 models. Dude, that would be so cool if they if they just changed it to that he could carry one Hellbert and he couldn't make melee attacks until he let go of the Hellbert. Because I think most of his melee attacks are those big claws. Yeah, that the would Helldrake. Be, yeah, I... the Hell. Yeah, the Helldrake. So wouldn't that be really cool? Yeah, that would be so cool. But yeah, you do have a really good point because Rhinos hold ten models and their Land Raider they they don't even get the other variations of Land Raider, no, do they? Just the last cannon, which can only hold ten models. 10 models. How many models does the Chaos Space Marines go up to? They can go up to 20. They go up to 20. 
and you can only carry ten. Yeah. So you have what you have to do is put either two land raiders side by side or a rhino and a land raider side by side, <laughs> and then just say that they're all inside of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense at all. Why do you think that is? Because I know some of the technology that they claim you know Space Marines have now is like quote unquote newer technology since the heresy, but but they couldn't be stolen or they exactly. couldn't just be re- replicated. I almost feel like the cast Space Marines should have a looted role, like orcs, for yeah. imperial stuff. Possessed is. Yeah, would be yeah, but, and, you know, and it gives it like a five up involve, and it does whatever. Yeah, or just come up with something new. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's actually really surprising. I even play cast space marines, and I've never noticed they don't have transports. It kind of forces you to foot fuss- slog. Yeah, because why bring twenty space marines when you can't put them in anything, and and why have the ability to run twenty when you can only carry ten? It's very weird yeah it doesn't make sense i mean i could see if you just did the three land raider variants if you they just did that where one of them the max is 16 i think 16 yeah it's 10 12 16 if they just did the 16 one that would be better than nothing yeah yeah Yeah, i don't i really don't get that now they do have a couple i know of at least one flyer for cast space marines from forge world that's the talon hell talon uh yeah hell talon something like that and um but that's just like a bomber that doesn't have transport capacity or... But there's also that drop pod, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, that the, the Cribdis Assault Claw, I think it's called. Uh, yeah. Something like that. Now, that's actually pretty sweet. I haven't looked at its rules since since 7th edition because I, I had a play as one for... Because they, you know, they sold them and had rules for them and then they didn't sell them. They stopped selling them for Forge World. Huh. So I ended up buying like a third party thing and just did a play as yeah. Assault Claw. Um, well, I'm just talking specifically in the codex that 40k of uh, Games Workshop comes out with, not, not um, Forge World, Forge World or anything like that. Yeah, uh, they need transports. They need more transports. And you know, being that they love all this demon engine stuff, why don't they have some wicked ass looking um, uh, Helldrake variant like? Ca- Kind of like um, you know, the harpy for Tyranids, yeah. where it's like bulky and it's got wings. Uh-huh. What if it was like a half harpy, half uh, Turvagon, where like out of its belly, bleh, it would spill out like demons or cast space marines. That would be sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, that, yeah. Uh, I was thinking more of like rhinos or something like that. But I was actually had an idea of a ground... Uh, transport where it was more de- demonic like it was, it was mixed with like a land raider or something uh, but it could be open top like the like its back is open and you could have like probably not 20 chaos space marines but like make that the 15 or 16 model uh-huh. holder and they can all fire out of it that would be pretty cool and then um, it can also attack in close combat because it's a demonic like it's got arms or something like that that would be pretty cool. They they really could do a lot of cool stuff. Like, they've already came out with these new models. The guy, I forget all these names, but, you know, the guy riding that big spider thing. And, yeah. And, I mean, that is a mix of flesh and metal. So why don't they make a new Land Raider? Space Marines regular Imperium has so many more options than Chaos does. Yes. And, you know, a lot of Chaos's options are just barred from the Demon's Book. Like, it's not, it's not a, a unique option. Right. So why... Why don't they make something like that? That's actually a really good question. 
Think about how many different transfer. How many Land Raider variants are there? Are there four or three for regular? Three. There's Crusader, there's Redeemer, and then there's the regular one. Okay. And then they also have Repulsors, which of course don't hold everything, but that's another version, basically. Yeah, just ten, 10 Primaris. Yeah. And then they've got the Rhino, and they've got the Drop Pod. And that's another thing. Cast Space Marines don't even have Drop Pods unless you want to go to Forge World for the Cryptus. Yeah. That... Which is weird. It's very, very weird to me. Um, yeah, so Chaos is foot sloggers, basically. Pretty much. Unless you just buy the same model over and over again. So ultimately, I'm a fan of either giving Chaos Space Marines looted vehicle rules, and they would be able to... I mean, honestly, even from a business standpoint, that would make so much more sense for GW. So they already have the uh, Storm Talon and the Storm Hawk Interceptor and the, uh, what was the other one? The Raven? Storm Raven? Storm Raven. Okay. So they already have all these vehicles. What they so easily could do is for like 20 bucks, sell you an upgrade sprue. That is basically pieces like globbed on fleshy whatever, and it would perfectly fit onto the existing Imperium stuff. Well, they could just do like the the Chaos Rhino, just give you spikes. Or yeah, or just spikes. But I was hoping a little more <laughs> original <laughs> than that. But uh, and you know what would anybody say? Like if you did, I know you're not illegally allowed to ally Chaos with Imperium. Yeah. But what if you just took? Some took some Turvagon parts from Tyranids and took like a Stormhawk Interceptor or whatever and made it demonic and just said, oh, well, we looted one. I mean, narratively, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, I mean, isn't that basically what they did for the Rhinos and the Land Raiders? Oh, they don't have Land Speeders either. No. That is so weird. Just their demonic engines, their uh, Mauler Fiend, their Forge Fiend, their Defiler, uh, the Hellbrute. Whoop de doo. Yeah. So this is the beginning of our petition. Go to change.org and <laughs> sign our petition. And if enough people whine about it, GW will change. James has nothing to add. Bye. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pimp Cron. On this edition of Well, here's an idea. We're gonna be basic bitches <laughs> we're all about that base all about that base um, no trouble we are talking about um basing techniques uh, it's pimp crown and lore master alex and we're talking about pa- basing techniques for your models now uh, when i first started almost 10 years ago i didn't give a crap about basing my models likewise like i just didn't care yeah. and and um bliggity blam steve used to be like dude you need to put something on those bases because i just had the black bases yeah and i was like dude i don't care like i paint the models i'm not going to base them and for some reason over time i eventually was like okay it looks a lot better when they're based yeah <laughs> like i mean it's not like we were disagreeing with them it's just that we were like well, it doesn't mean that much to us it wasn't important and yeah then, but as time went on it did become important yeah you know and um, I wanted to discuss all of your different options for basing. Yeah. So, um, and a lot of it, um, there's a lot of things that people may not have heard of or seen. So we can start off the easy, easy, easy thing is the GW uh, texture paints for basing. Yeah. So you've got all kinds. There's like five of them, and I'm not going to remember all of them. But um, there's there's iron something, um, Martian earth or whatever, yeah. and 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 uh, like I think like a snow one. 
there's a there's a snow effect, yeah. And I mean, I'm not gonna list them all because it's irrelevant. Pretty much everybody that is in this hobby buys paints, and if you buy paints, then you see the texture paints. And they also yeah. now sell like um, kits for basing, where it's like vines overgrowth and skulls and stuff that you can add to your bases. Yes. Okay. So that's one of the options is that you could do. Um, I've seen like corn bases where they literally they they buy that 400 pack of skulls. Yeah. And um, literally just, put just skulls all over. cover the whole base. Like the models are ankle deep in skulls. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. That's looking. pretty corn. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, another thing, of course, you could do is buy third party bases. Yeah. You know, they've that got are already pre-done. Yes. And all you have to do is paint them like you paint the model. Easy. Yeah. Big, now, of course, big deal. That would probably have to be the most expensive option. Yeah. And even, of course, we know Games Workshop paints run pretty pricey. They actually just raised the prices on paints, didn't uh, they? Yeah, they did. Buy yeah. like 40 cents or something yeah. like that. It's not much, but um, it adds up. According to the internet, the world ended that day. Well, <laughs> that world ended that day because we kind of thought finally that Games Workshop was on the, uh, was on the turnaround and uh, not doing the same stuff that they've always done. And then we opened the trash can lid. And there was a bottle of profits, an empty bottle of profits. And we're yeah. like, GW, you told us you were done with this. And that's when they break out the belt of <laughs> buy more shit and then, you know, cracked it down on us hard. So, um, you know, using using the, the, the pre-made GW texture paints, obviously. And then, of course, buying the, the vines or buying the bits. And then there's also the pre-made bases. GW sells pre-made bases. Um, that are Age of Sigmar and 40k themed. Yeah. But they also there's a million third party ones that make like resin bases. And yeah. And they're pretty inexpensive. They're pretty inexpensive. I mean, that's going to add at least a dollar per model, probably a little more than that. Like, it's funny when I worked for a company whose name will not be mentioned, I actually got to work with Ironwind Metals to uh, purchase like stuff from them to sell on Amazon through our company. Mm-hmm. And um, Ironwind Metals makes Mech Warrior stuff. And oh. Battletech stuff. Oh. And um, what's cool is they sent me as a gift for being really friendly with them and like taking the time to talk to them. They sent me a bunch of terrain bases. Nice. Like the little hexagon ones. Uh-huh. So what I did is I kind of put a 25 millimeter, 28 millimeter base underneath it and then dremeled it down so it was nice and circular. Ah. Uh. And this one was really cool because I had like a piece of like, like building and a rock mm-hmm. on it. And I put one of my snipers on it. Like he was hiding, like he was perched up on the rock uh-huh. behind the concrete, like trying to line up a shot. And then I added the paint and, of course, added some basing to it. And, you know, I, at that minute I was hooked. I realized that, you know, it really is that important to base the model. Absolutely. And also if you want to, um, you want to represent where your army comes from. Yeah. You know, like if they're, if they're catechins, you might want to put grass and jungle things, you know, if it's, the vines it's Valhallen, they'd be snowy. Space wolves would be snowy, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like my guardsmen come from a snow world. Uh, uh-huh. so I've been adding like, um, using gravel from, uh, from the army painter stuff, mm-hmm. like the little rocks that they have. Using that gravel and then spraying on a little, like, or flicking on a little bit of white paint on top of it. Like, it's snowing on top of the rocks. Well, that's that's kind of a segue into um, the most basic type of basing, which is what I do, and which most people do, is you put glue on the base, and of course you sprinkle gravel or sand on there. Yeah. Now, personally, if you want to make your basing look good, of course you could just sprinkle sand, or you could just sprinkle gravel. But the best way to do it, I have found, and I actually got this from Bliggity Blam Steve, is that you want at least three different sizes of granules on your base to make it look natural. So yeah. what I do is I have a Tupperware box 
a Tupperware bin. And I will buy a bag of, uh, like, beach sand, uh, maybe a little coarser than that, but sand from, like, Michael's. Then you can buy um, two different levels of gravel from Michael's or Hobby Lobby. You mix it all into one, and then when you put the glue on the base, you sprinkle it on, and you get a combination of large, medium, and small. That's genius. Yeah. It's it's actually, um, actually, I have it, I have a model right here. And you see that when that gets dry brushed, that is hot. That will look really cool. There's yeah. a variation. If you happen to just do all sand, even though there's a tiny bit of texture, it comes off very flat. Yeah. Because it's all the same size granules. Yeah. Um, now, of course, there's two different ways to do this as far as basing. You can use what I use, Elmer's glue. Yeah, which or, is what I use as well. Do you? Yeah. Or um, the other thing would be to use super glue. And um, like Orc Dave uses super glue. I don't care for super glue because it's much thinner. So basically, and it also can like when it dries, it can stain. You mean like fog up that white? Yeah, Yeah. that white. Um, That white though. Yeah, whatever that chemical reaction is, it causes like a fog on stuff. Yeah, Uh, I'm not a big fan of it. But the um, uh, the way to do it is smear the glue wherever you want the gravel, which might be everywhere on the base, or like in the case of this corn model I have. See, I have blood rivers on the ground. Yeah. So I only base part of it, and that'll all be uh, blood for the blood god. Yeah. So you've seen my my bloodbound corn yeah. bloodbound models. Yeah. Um. So you you smear the glue wherever you want it, and then you sprinkle the gravel on the gravel mixture. But what I like about say um Elmer's glue versus super glue is super glue is really really runny. Yeah. And Elmer's glue, it you know think of it, it like pools up. It does pull up, and it's much thicker. Yeah. So it actually adds elevation to the base, and I think it, it looks better that way. I agree. Um, because a lot of times with super glue, you have this very, very thin layer of gravel because it's not thick enough to grab more than that yeah. when you put the, the gravel on. So that's a very common thing. My personal opinion of this, though, is I don't like using just regular gravel as the finishing touch for my base. And the reason why is as I make this mixture of gravel, you know, you can see on this model that some of it's a reddish, some of it's a whitish, some of it's a yellowish, and there's a certain mixture to that. Mm. Well, I'm always afraid that in the future, um, I won't have this same color mixture. Mm. Like, you know, let's say I work on this corn bloodbound now. Two years from now, as I've slowly added more sand and two different amounts of gravel to the bin, Mm -hmm. it will slowly change color because the mixture changes. Well, I would hate to rely on this color of mixture of gravel and then two years later make new models, base them, and go, oh, crap, it's not the same color because it's new sand. Yeah. So what I do for all my models is I never leave them bare sand because yeah. of my mixture. What I do is I prime them, I base them before I prime the models, and then I prime everything at one time, and I paint the, the gravel just like I would paint the model. So if I, like for my corn bloodbound, when I paint this gravel here, it will be gray. The earth is gray on my corn bloodbound models. And then that, that is a nice contrast with the blood, Red, the blood yeah. god. Um, but, you know, like my space marines are a gray. Yeah. So I paint over that gravel just gray. My stormcast are a brown, uh, things like that. And you can still make it look like snow or whatever you want, but you never run the risk of two years later having a different color base for the same army. Yeah, okay. Um, which is also, on, as a side note, the reason why I never mix colors. I only use the colors that are pre-mixed from companies because I don't want to forget how to mix something and two years later, oh, like, actually, Just James did this. He mixed the perfect color pink for his Tau army because he has a pink and white and black Tau army. Brett the Hitman heart themed. Absolutely. Yep. And um, uh, it's pink. 
and he loves this color and I pink. mean pink oh it's very pink it's it's not quite bubblegum pink but it's actually maybe a little lighter flamingo pink kind of yeah yeah but here's the problem is he did not listen to the sage advice of old Pimpcron, and he mixed a pink that he really liked mm. well that's great he painted a bunch of models whatever a couple years later he goes to add on to the army and he mixes paint and 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 he cannot find that exact color pink. So he stopped collecting Tau after that. <laughs> uh, well, he stopped painting Tau after yeah. that. <laughs> so if you look at his army, he has some units with the perfect color pink he wanted. Then he's got other units that aren't painted at all. Then he's got other units that are different shades of pink. Some more lighter, some more reddish, some more... and. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you don't do that because you don't know if you can mix it properly in the future. Yeah. So he should have just went with Emperor's Children or some other pink. Yeah, instead of trying it's... to mix his own. Yes. And one of the things for me, too, is as you know I am. I'm, I'm the slowest painter probably out of our entire group. It takes yeah. me a year to paint 10 guys Yeah. Uh, because I'm anally retentive. But um, like for me right now, like I've been doing the mixing like you have been saying. And what I've done is I went and got army painter boxes. Mm -hmm. Like the little tubs that they make. Mm -hmm. And I got a tub of gravel and then a tub of like their white snow effect. Oh. And then I cheated and went outside to my apartment complex <laughs> because they have mulch. Uh-huh. And I just picked up like a handful of mulch and dropped it into a bucket. Took it back to my room and I would take like the different pieces of it and I would cut it with the X-Acto knife and shave off little twigs. And Good God! Also, like snapped them in half a bit, and so it does. It seems like a lot of work. It is, <laughs> and it is to an extent. But what's cool is that, like, I can do that while I'm watching TV, yeah, or while I'm watching movies, or you know, watching my neighbor sleep. You know, it's the usual stuff, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, or you know, watching you sleep. It's you uh -huh. know, anyway, the green glow keeps me up too. Uh, <laughs> Necron joke. Yeah. Uh, so once I trimmed them all down and made like a nice little pile of them i would put them in with a tupperware i would pour in about half the gravel and then a whole box of the snow effect mm -hmm. shook it up like um like you would a like mixture. a salad yeah like, like you salad. pour dress in and shake up a yeah, salad shake yeah. up the salad yeah or like a burrito bowl when you want to mix up all the yeah, flavors yeah. yeah same thing um shook it up and then i would just take my model apply the elmer's glue and just like dip it in like a nacho chip yeah. Shake it so it spreads out and cleans off a bit and just clean off the edges. And, and you're getting sand, gravel, and then sticks and twigs and things. Yeah, stones, sticks, and snow effect. Nice. And um, that's my way of Does doing that work it. out pretty well? Yeah, it comes out really well. And as you know, my guardsmen are green and bronze. Uh -huh. So that white and like darker tones and that brownish wood, they contrast and, and kind of almost go real well uh -huh. with those colors, you know? Well, um... So aside from gravel, all of that, what else could people do to base their models? Well, here's an idea. What's that? Not a callback to the title of this uh, thing that we're doing. Mm -hmm. But like, say for example, you want like an otherworldly effect to your models. Mm -hmm. I found that you can use the rocks from aquarium kits. The multicolor rainbow rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you want to like do a demon army coming out of the warp, you can do all of your blood letters have like the red rocks. That'd All of your cool. demonettes have the pink rocks. All of your Nurglings have green rocks. All of your Zinch demons have blue rocks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, now, um, some of those rocks, I don't know how small you can buy those rocks as far as the gravel. Yeah. But 
it would be really cool if nothing else. The thing that really sticks out to me is, um, you know, like for Skaven, they have the warp stone, the green warp stone. Yeah, replacing them with real stones. Yeah, you could use real stones for that, and um, they would actually be, you know, colored however you wanted. But also for your, well, you were just talking about the demons, um, glue. You don't necessarily. I mean, you could just paint. Actually, I, I didn't think about this till just now. Instead mm. of using the aquarium colors, you could just paint certain stones that color. Like, see with this base when here. When you prime it, look how you prime yours. Yes, yeah. and you see the larger pieces of chunks here. You I could, could reach out there and paint them. I could color all of those red, speckled yeah. into the ground. You Hell know, yeah. that would be pretty cool too. That is actually really cool, and I feel like it'd be a nice little way to add like some themeness to your army. Mm-hmm. Also, another thing people do is they buy really cheap sheets of cork. And they will put cork on the bases. And when you paint cork, it looks a lot like a slab of concrete. Really? Where you tear the cork and put it on the base, it looks real rough. Like, like it's stone a stone being cracked or broken. Yeah, or even like maybe you're standing on a wall that's collapsed. It looks real rugged and really cool looking. Oh, too. wow. I've actually never done that. Um, uh, Mr. Matt. Mr. Matt. Um, for his, you know, our friend Mr. Matt. Do you mean, uh, Rat Guard? Or do you mean... Yeah, the... Crimson Rat. Crimson Rat. Crimson yeah. Rat Matt. Yeah. On here, he's called Mr. Matt. Mr. Matt. Um, but uh, Mr. Matt actually... A That's cool... right. He's too cool for nicknames. I forgot. <laughs> he's too cool for everything. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, he actually uses a couple of his characters around cork. And they really? look cool. Yeah. yeah. When you paint them like concrete, you know. It comes out nice. Yes. What if I want to paint them to look like a beaten up board game puzzle piece? beaten up board game puzzle what are you talking about like a section of like a sorry kit like board and then like a monopoly board and oh oh you just gave me an idea like like your chaos space range just smashed through a daycare (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) what if if you wanted to do a base for your zinch army and every base had a puzzle piece on it that is genius (laughs) that would be really cool when you said puzzle i was like oh a puzzle piece. And here's a callback to one of our original conversations we had about um, about bits being so valuable. Yeah. Bits you can use on bases. Absolutely. Like imagine like you had like leftover pieces of like an arm or something. You could have like your dude stepping on it and have blood coming out the sides. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or if you want to, you could like take a skeleton hand, cut off the hand of a space marine arm, mm-hmm. put the skeletal hand on there set it on the base, and have your Necron warrior standing over it. Mm-hmm. Because we know that when you're hit with a Gauss weapon, or Gauss weapon. Gauss. Is it Gauss or Gauss? It's Gauss. Gauss weapon. You hit with a Gauss weapon, it melts the skeleton away. It but atomizes. Keep, yeah, but it keeps the metal there. Yeah. So you'd have the, the like a burned skull hand still inside the adamantian like, arm guard uh-huh. of a space marine. You know? That'd be, that would be pretty cool. And those bits also um, uh, can add theme to your army, such as like when you're basing like a character, or let's say you have um, a uh, who's the guy, um, uh, the master of ordnance yeah. for guard. Yeah. If you had like um, you know, some boxes, especially tank boxes, come with like little cases, like a little toolbox yeah. or a little bag. You could have like you know, he's actually like measuring distance. Yeah, have like know? a little little telescope sticking out of the yes. open box and stuff like that. Yeah, there's. I mean, you could even kit bash that with popsicle sticks or whatever. Cut them. Well, remember like my little... master ordinance that I kit bashed, where it, I took the medic's arm, where he's rolling out the med, the oh, medical wrap. Yeah, and made it a map. But I made it a map. Yeah, like he's looking at an old fashioned map that he's calling in the coordinates. Yes, to, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. So what else could we do for uh, basing? 
Now, um, I've already mentioned that my uh, Corn Bloodbound army has uh, pools of blood, like, in the ground, like mud puddles, but they're blood. Yeah. Blood puddles. Didn't blood think puddles. about it. But if you're using gravel and Elmer's glue, um, don't put any glue on the places where you want the recess. And um, so if you wanted mud puddles or, um, like, ooze puddles or toxic waste puddles or blood puddles or whatever on your on your models, because my Soul Blight army has greenish slime mud puddles ectoplasm yeah basically but yeah. they're mud puddles in the ground you yeah, know giant snot puddles i got you yeah and the corn bloodbound like this model right here has puddles of blood as if there was like rivers of blood so which would make sense if you're in the corn realm yes and so the the point is though is that if you don't gravel where you're going to put the the water effects or the liquid mm -hmm. then you'll see that this part that i put the gravel is actually raised high enough that it looks like you're, you're adding There's an actual yeah. recess. Yes, yeah. it's an actual... Because obviously you can't recess farther into the base, so what you have to do is elevate everything around I mean, it. you could if you're not a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, you can't you can't dig into this base at all. So no, no, I agree. So what you have to 100%. do is elevate everything around it, yeah. and it makes a very believable recess in the ground. Yeah, it looks generally like there's water there. Yeah. Or blood. Or, or blood, or, or whatever. Ectoblood, or whatever you have. There is liquid there. Yes. Yeah. And um, that's kind of a neat trick I've found to make it look like there is a recess on this very flat base. Well, what I'm always interested in, too, is I want to see what other people can come up with, you know, so. Yeah. So if anybody feels uh, so inspired, um, contact me at pimpcron at gmail.com or facebook.com slash pimpcron. Uh, you can also call the phone number, although it's hard to send a picture via voicemail. And you can always reach me at the places you know where to find me. <laughs> The back alley behind uh, Toys R Us. Yeah. That's weird. The, which is really <laughs> depressing now that it's closed. Yeah. Uh, also, the fact that our our local Toys R Us had a spirit of Halloween open up inside of it. Oh, wow. That's, that's like sad. That's like, whew. That is really that's sad. A, that's an oof right that's, there. That's insult to injury. Is yeah, what that, is. that is what that is. Wow. Um, but uh, you know how well, that goes. I think we've pretty much covered anything that anybody would ever want to do. Um. Also, one other thing, you've already mentioned the bits, but um, make sure that if you have any zombie uh, zombie kits from Age of Sigmar, they come with a million tombstones and things oh, like that. Oh, God, yeah. So um, anything that will make it look more believable. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see tombstones if you put like, because like, you know how like go at Night Haunt, they have like the, the little spectrals of ghosts mm -hmm. that are all swirling around. It's like three of them in those little spectral swarms. Yes. Put three tombstones. Yeah. And have the wisps coming out of the tombstones. Yep. Um, so I think that's about it. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but um, I think that's basically all of the main ways that you can base your army. And um, like we mentioned before, that the color, you should choose a color for your ground, the base of your model, so that it complements or contrasts against the actual model. Yeah. Well, let's get out of here so we can go start beating that horse in the backyard. All right. Well, it's it's yeah, it's not going to beat itself. Thanks for being on, Loremaster. Thanks for having me. Let's get brutal. Hey guys and gals, in this edition of Let's Get Brutal with the Pimpcron, we're finishing up the second supplement for Brutality Skirmish Wargame, which is the Psychotropics. We're currently in the Swamps of Sadness, and we're going to pick up where we left off with the flora of the Swamps of Sadness. From moss-covered trees to marsh turnips, this slippery and dank area is home to many different plants. 
Creep moss could be categorized with flora due to its apparent sentience and size. A blob of creep moss can stand as high as a human and is almost unkillable by conventional means given its soft and gelatinous constitution. Fire, frost, electricity, and explosives seem to be the best ways to deal with them. Crank daisies are good for dyeing clothes red or yellow. War mallow is a powerful drug that comes from a white and pink flower that grows in certain places in the swamps. Warmallow is a powerful stimulant that sends the user into blood frenzy and is commonly used by Connell B's shock troops in battle. Marsh turnips are a brown subterranean vegetable that is edible and a staple of residence due to its abundance, just like the local edible snakes called slines. As far as fauna, the Swamps of Sadness are home to many different types of reptiles and amphibians from countless dimensions. The slines are non-poisonous snakes used for food, but they travel and hunt in packs, which makes them deadly if you're caught in the swamps alone. This place is also home to many ethereal beings, such as the legendary Widow of the Banks and the Marsh Phantoms. The Widow lures unsuspecting narrows deeper and deeper into the swamp with a sobbing tale of her brother who is stuck in the muck. People who try to aid her are rarely seen again. Meanwhile, the Marsh Phantoms visit camps at night and shove their thin astral claws into the sleeping heads of the resting travelers. Once they have control over the helpless person, they conjure up the most horrendous memories from the person's past and scar their psyche while they feed off the fear, anger, and sadness. No person is ever the same after a visit from a marsh phantom. But here's a little trick for you. As luck would have it, the phantoms seem to avoid camps that burn hair in their campfire before bed. Isn't that interesting? So, the Swamps of Sadness are a pretty interesting place to me, um, you know, with everyone having a dour expression on their face and all of these, you know, green hazes and whatnot, and the, um, uh, the, the chemical zonk, which will knock people out. There's, um, there's a lot of mis mystery around the Swamps of Sadness, and it's not really a well... Uh, explored area at all. There's tons of different groups of, like I said, there's a coven of witches and whatnot that live deep in the marsh, but not only is a marsh a pretty nasty place to try to get into and explore, but also this place in particular, with all of its, you know, uh, the widow of the banks and all of that, it's, it's especially dangerous. So most places, and most people don't try to build any sort of home in the Swamps of Sadness. So, next week, what are we going to be covering on the um, continued coverage of the Psychotropics supplement? We will be covering the Stonehead Beach. Stonehead Beach. I'm an idiot. Headstone Beach. I had a little dyslexia just then. Headstone Beach is what we're going to be talking about. And that lies on the southern edge of the Psychotropics. And it's a very weird place. So, I look forward to talking about that with you next week. So, and that's all I'm going to discuss tonight for the Brutality Skirmish War game. I would love if you would go to Facebook. It's in the show notes. And check out our Facebook page. And get the free rules and the free supplements and all of that. And check out what other people in the community are doing with their models and their conversions and whatnot. And as always, I appreciate each and every one of you listening to the show. And I especially appreciate my Patreon subscribers that help support this show. Uh, I will see you next Monday on episode 35.